Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny. I am your host. I'm here with my co-host, Giant Skyhawk. How are you doing, bud? Uh, you know, I'm pretty good. Uh, <laughs> this morning on Twitter, I posted a, a Little Mermaid parody because Eva made a post about Maxi, and uh, and that popped off, so that's been fun. Uh, I've been sorting cards uh, because work has been dead, too. Uh, I found I found my spare copy of Megalo Smasher X, so I'm uh, I'm solid. That's important stuff, for sure. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and go right on into our affiliate and paste sponsors and stuff of that sort. So, of course, a huge thank you always to all of our wonderful, wonderful patrons for their continued support of the podcast. If you want just the extra episode every week, the $5 and up tier, and if you want an extra your name shouted out on the other podcast, like the extra little thing of that, uh, that is in the $1 and up tier. So, uh, thank you all for your continued support of the podcast. Uh, of course, we want to thank ETB Games and Steel Fox Games. Those are my two locals here in Louisiana. You can find TCG Player links for both of those in the description down below. Of course, we want to thank Dragon Shield, Jam Accessories, and TCG Player. We have affiliate links with all of those down below. And we also have an affiliate link for Tier Zero Games. I missed that one. Oof. Uh, but the Jam <laughs> and Tier Zero Games <laughs> affiliate links are discount codes. You can just go ahead and put that in at checkout. We, added, we, also added, we have a Teespring. Yeah. <laughs> We added Tier Zero. I have games a whole doc typed when, up, and I still missed it. We added Tier Zero games when Sunny was gone. Uh, for those listening at home, and so he just forgets yeah. it half the time. But that's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, also, if you're on Apple or Spotify, you be sure to you can leave a little rating, and we really appreciate that. And uh, also, be sure to join our Discord. Follow us on Twitter. Now, with that said, okay, all that out the way. Let's go ahead and introduce our wonderful and esteemed guest, the one and only Dual Logs. How are you doing, Mister Log? Hello, I'm doing good. Yeah, <laughs> I can think about that for a second. That's a, that, <laughs> I feel that. I feel like the default answer is always good, but I, I think it's better to be like, hmm, let me think about that. No, no, I'm good. We're solid. That's good. No, it's like, yeah. what, which company am I in right now? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is one of which I just say good because it's a standard greeting. They don't actually want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's yeah. impolite. Well, it's I like, well, actually, know. I've been what feeling sad lately. <laughs> Well, I am very happy to have you here with us today. So for those that don't know, would you like to kind of introduce yourself to the listeners and kind of let everybody know who you are and what you do and why you're awesome? In the Yu-Gi-Oh! community, I run a YouTube channel that puts out clickbait top 10 videos. (laughs) And then I also have a stream where we do gimmick decks. And I think that's about it. A thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's interesting. So this kind of leads into into everything else here. So the gimmick decks have kind of moved over to stream, but that used to be what the yeah. channel was. 
I remember. Yeah, that like, used to be what the channel was all about. Like ages ago. And then, yeah, until like 2018. And then I had like some medical problems where I was like overworked and stressed. And trying to get daily uploads of gimmick decks was stressing me out. So I just stopped doing that. Let's, I, I could I, definitely see that being stressful. Yeah. yeah. And then I moved over to just doing the stuff I did over on my other channels over there. And I was like, well, I don't want to abandon this channel because it's been going on for like five years. Yeah. Why don't I just put out a weekly top 10 video like I do over my other channel and see how that works out. <laughs> Turns out it like, worked doubled out. my channel growth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You went <laughs> In from a like, year. Yeah. You went from like, because I remember before when the shift happened, it was like, what, like 100,000-ish and now you're sitting at like 350. It's been... It was at twenty five thousand. Oh, never and by mind. the end of the wow. year, it was at fifty thousand, and by the next year, it was at like one hundred fifty. Crazy. Because so, first... where are you sitting like right now? I'm curious. Uh, I'm about to hit three hundred fifty k. That's just on the so that's just on the one channel, Sunny. Uh, you might not know this. I, I was yeah. about I... to say I was just about to lead into the mana logs. That's, oh, yeah, the other ones. That's just one of them. Because uh, the that's the only other one that I know. So the main, if if I, not to speak for you here, but the I, the yeah. main slash first is Hiramarad, right? Is the uh, yeah is the is the World of Warcraft channel? Yeah, yeah. Because like originally I was already successful over the World of Warcraft scene with my World oh. of Warcraft channel called Hiramarad X, which has like almost three hundred thousand subs, mm -hmm. and it is one of the largest WoW channels. So, like, I was wow. already doing that. I was like, I'm fine with that. I just do Yu-Gi-Oh! on the side for fun. And then the Yu-Gi-Oh! one's bigger. <laughs> and I also have the I'm other sure channels that. that I do. So, like, is the Yu-Gi-Oh! channel your largest at this point? Yeah, it is the largest. The WoW, wow. one is still, like, That's the second awesome. largest. And then the Manalogs is the third. That's wild. <laughs> just so, funny that you bring that one up. It's interesting. So, what what all do you do, like, on a... What, like, what's your normal release schedule? How many different channels do you release for on a regular basis? Mm, six, I think. So on the main channel, <laughs> there's like seven videos, six or seven videos a week. Most of those are shorts. And on the WoW channel, it's one video a week. And the Manalogs, it's two to three videos. And the other ones are just like one video, except for the Clip channel, which is every day. Oof. But then wow. again, clips aren't as hard to do as the other channels. Yeah. Makes sense. Would be quick editing. I think the first mm -hmm. the first video I remember seeing from you, this was back when I was this was back when dueling networks still existed. Uh mm -hmm. <laughs> would have been there was there's there's a I think it was a style. because uh, you used to have the the codes on the on the deck. Yeah, the code like, names for them, yeah. It was like XTR, Fade, and Style, I think were the main ones. It was mm -hmm. a Yeah, those three. It was Tyranno Infinity style. I've been, uh -huh. I got the Yoshi hat. I've been a dinosaur dingus forever. So yeah. I, I just remember all the, all the old Edo replays of the nonsense decks and then Tyranno <laughs> Infinity yeah. was the one that, that stuck to me. But it's, uh. Yeah, where you just attacked the three old Jambas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah I one. remember that. <laughs> God, yep. It's so old. It is. It is ancient. It's. I was just prepping for this. I was going back through like old stuff and all my old liked videos, and I was like, "There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of style decks on here." Oh yeah, yeah. I used to make like one every day. Like yeah. some of my friends who just gone to Yu-Gi-Oh like the past year because of Master Duel. They're like, I was looking up this really niche card, and you had like three videos on it. I did. <laughs> yeah. So when you... I probably made a video like on every single card that existed before like 2018. I mean, at this, wow. I, I think even before 2018, but you probably like eclipsed past that now because like with all the with all the top ten lists as well, like um, mm -hmm. you have to have talked about almost every card multiple times. Like. I remember because I, I remember being excited when Toy Vendor came up in one of them. <laughs> just, I was just ecstatic. Um, There's actually so many that have never appeared in videos. It's like I've been going through a lot of the videos for like compilations, and like for one of them, I was just doing a compilation of all the worst of videos, and I was like, I'm gonna add in an extra card in between all 42 of these videos, cards that have never appeared. I had like a long ass list of cards that just never appeared in any of them. That's an, what's what's an example of a card that hasn't shown up. I'm curious now. I'm trying um, to get in here. We had like shift. Shift is like an old school trap card. It just moves yeah. one target to another. Mm -hmm. It never really showed up in a video because it just didn't really do anything. Yeah, that's true. And it's just like this is a terrible card, and here it is. Or like Metaphys <laughs> oh, Executor, which is the boss you monster, the Metaphys archetype. Yeah. You said 
shift and my first thought was shifting shadows where you rearrange all your set cards oh my god <laughs> no that, that one's definitely been in a video because <laughs> okay, it's so of terrible course it has. Yeah. <laughs> i'm sure senate switch if we're talking switch cards has probably also popped up at some point that's the uh, it did before valiance came out yeah and then now, yeah, now they don't really get mentioned anymore yeah that's true now yeah i guess now the valence can move stuff yeah because they literally have a searcher for it like one of their cards is like, and you can also yeah. search you, out Senate you, Shift. You can add, uh, yeah. you can add Senate Switch and do nothing. I guess that deck is so hard. <laughs> I've been trying to learn it lately because I love like non-linear Why? combo stuff. Why would you do this to yourself? Li- like uh, people, okay, you don't understand. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 if anybody understands you, it's me. I, <laughs> I can't learn. I can't learn very many decks. So I figure if I'm going to spend my energy on them, it's going to be the off-the-wall ones, like, uh, mm-hmm. like, like. You t- Linear is not in your vocabulary, okay. is it? Regardless, uh, speaking of the passage of linear time, so I think <laughs> some. Uh, so what what had you decide to to get into VTubing? Because I think a lot of people, maybe on like the Twitter space or everywhere else, just kind of recognize you as the Spider Guy now. So oh my god! What, what, led, <laughs> what led to like uh, what led to I want to do uh, add VTubing to the schedule? And yeah, um, <laughs> it's a and, funny story. You guys have you ever heard of? The world legacy lore. I know some. Sure. Yeah, it, you know, like the Orcus and stuff. It's a yeah, pretty yeah. large thing. So, like, I really want to turn that into, like, a video. Because, like, every year I pick, like, a project that I want to work on. And I have, like, I've done, like, maybe 50 of these little passion projects over the year that I work on, like, on the side while I do the other stuff. And I really wanted to do one on the world legacy stuff. I was like, oh, I'm going to hire, like, all these people for it. Because, like, whatchamacallit, I needed a... A lot of artists and some voice actors specifically and i can right. do a lot of the animating and stuff myself so when i was working on it i spent a couple months learning how to make pixel art and how to like do all these other new programs for it because i wanted the overworld to be done in rpg maker and when i was finally ready to get started the project i started reaching out to people and like everybody ghosted me and i was Oof. like oh my god it was like i have like a hundred thousand dollars to spend on this project what am I <laughs> it was like do? i can hire anyone like, their prices, you know, it doesn't really matter what it is. And nobody wanted to work with me. I was like, so I have all this money, but I don't have, like, the reputation for it. And so I just sat on the project for a year. And then I was watching, like, one of Zara's podcasts. You know, like, Fifth Rate Duelist. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know Zara. And um, in her podcast, they were talking about... that They were talking to a whole bunch of, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! content creators on Twitch. And it's was like, I never really used Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh... No, no, the amount of money is fine. I lost all the money. Like, I don't have them. <laughs> Sonny, what did you do? <laughs> she sent a message in the group chat asking politely. No, no, no it's no. fine. It's fine. No, because like, okay. we call it. It's like, I was watching this podcast and they were talking about, um, there was all these other content creators on there and they were talking about their strategies for getting a raid from like a big content creator. On, on I Twitch. remember that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So they were all talking about their strategies for that. And I was like, Wait, I can send big raids. And it's like, and I really need to improve my reputation. It was like, maybe I should stream on Twitch because I never use Twitch. Because like, Twitch is terrible. <laughs> I don't like Twitch. Yeah. But I was like, these people, there's like a whole culture of raids I don't even, like I didn't know existed. I didn't know people cared this much about raids. And it's like, well, I know how to build a successful stream because like I've been doing this for a long time. And I'm pretty successful at a lot of this stuff that I do. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start a stream so that I can have a successful stream so that I can send big raids to people. That way I can make connections in the industry because I need those connections in order to work on this project. So I hired a couple of people to be clippers for me. I paid a guy like 60 bucks to set up the spider model. And I just went on Twitch and we just posted clips every day. Master Duel launch was also a big help. And yeah. like... um. That that's all it was. I was just trying to build up reputation to you know, like if you're playing an MMO, you're trying to build up rep so that you can get something at the very end of it. And it mm-hmm. worked. Now I have a crap ton of um connections that I didn't have before. I, know, yeah. I met so many people through streaming that it's kind of insane. Like this is networking on easy mode. Well that's kinda what I because had mentioned before was like it, it feels like every single time I show up in like a, a, a vtubers chat or even just like a master duel streamers chat 
Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's about, like, a 10% chance that you're there or you were there, like, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In order to network, all you do is you just go to the people's chats and you just, like, spam in their chat. But obviously you spam about whatever they're doing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, so, yeah. it's interesting to hear that both from, like, a strategy perspective but also a human perspective. Like, yeah, I, this is a strategy for me to grow. But also I get to meet a bunch of cool people. That's just, that's yeah, just yeah. Like... I've met so many friends through it, too. And you just send raids to them, and they love getting raids from, like, you know, a couple hundred people in the thing. And um, you, you just talk to them on Twitter, and you just, like, keep in contact. You don't need to, like, talk to them every day. You just need to, like, have friendly relations with them. Yeah. And then you can just ask them for favors and stuff, and people just, like, offer their help. It's so nice. I have so many connections now that I could totally have done the project. If I had it's... the money for it, but I don't. <laughs> right. So now I'm just building up the money for it, but that's the only reason I started streaming, and I didn't want to show my face specifically because I think, like, well, if I was good looking, I would have shown my face already. <laughs> I don't think it would help my brand. <laughs> and, like, there's all these VTubers and stuff. I'll just have, like, a scary spider on stream because I didn't want to use a face cam at all, but if you don't use a face cam when you stream, people will never shut up about it. They'll ask you constantly, where's your face? How come you don't show your face? Do you don't show your face because you're ugly? I'd be like, yeah, of course. But even if you agree to them, they still won't stop asking. So I just throw a little spider up there, and now they don't ask the question. No one is gonna. <laughs> I love that. That's the reason. So is that's it, all it is. It was is just that... to get them to shut up. So that's that's why the spider so in particular. Funny. There's no extra like pick. It's just what's the thing that will get people to stop asking for a face reveal? Well, the thing is, the reason I have a spider is because I was working on this video for like a mother spider deck in Dual Links, but I never actually released the video. It was like scrapped. Yeah. But when I was working on it, I had a PNG of Mother Spider just, like, ready to go. And so I just used that. And eventually when I started streaming, I was like, well, I can't use a Konami product. So I'm just going to have... I hired an artist. She's like, here, make something that's like this. And they that's gave me this smart. design. And I found a dude for, like, 60 bucks to rig it into a model. Because it doesn't really have to move that much. It just has to, like, move its claws yeah. a little bit. Yeah. That's... Well, when you yeah. are ready to work on that World Chalice project, I will volunteer my time for free to work on it. Because I... I've always wanted to try voice acting, and it sounds fun as hell, honestly. Yeah, that's wild. The um, hey, maybe. So this is. A I'll side. do like a whole like uh, call out for it when I'm hiring voice actors. I'm not at that stage yet, just because it's so expensive, and I lost yeah. so much money. <laughs> that's fair. I I would also like to say, I, not to cut you off, Skyhawk, on the um, on the on the thought of making connections and networking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very funny that you bring that up because. That was one of the reasons that I started pushing myself to go to all these in-person YCSs and events. Because I already wanted to go. Oh, yeah. But now I have a reason to go even more so because while I do want to play and I do want to be competitive, I also, for example, Skyhawk, me and you got to stay together at both Niagara and London with James, with Darth Nash. And while we're there at these events, you know... James is introducing me to his friends. You're introducing me to your friends. And I get to not only network, but also just meet loads of people that, to be quite honest, I might not have gotten to meet otherwise. And mm-hmm. while that is kind of a huge competitive advantage, you know, being able to go sit down and like have dinner with all these people and like get to actually like really interact with everybody. Um, at the same time, it's also like you said, where it's like, I've honestly just made a bunch of really great friends. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that was the other thing that I wanted out of this was it's great to have like these 12 people from my locals that I'm friends with and I like talk to all the time every day. Mm-hmm. But it's really, really great to have another list of people over here that it's like not only can I talk to them about Yu Gi Oh! But if I have like really specific content creation questions about, hey, I'm having X or Y issue, um, I've not been doing this as long as most and you know, our two and a half years doing this pales in comparison to, you know, whoever's 10, 12 years of doing this. Mm-hmm. And to be able to come and not only ask for advice, but also just like talk to people, it's huge, huge. Yeah, for sure. I definitely bug people if I know they have expertise in a field that I don't. Right, so, right. So, yeah, like hiring, you know, someone to rig the model. I had no idea where to find people. So I just asked one of my new friends I made. It's like, hey, do you know someone? It's like, yeah, I know someone. I can get you one for really cheap too. That's Super. awesome. It's easy. I know a person. So yeah, uh, <laughs> there's so many. One uh, one thread I wanted to to pick at. You mentioned so for the World Legacy project, that was a passion project. I remember you mm-hmm. 
I, I may be misremembering this. You posted on Twitter a while back talking about uh, like passion projects. I think you were talking specifically about the people backing out of the project at one point. So mm -hmm. you differentiate, you say, I've got like 50 or so of these passion projects that I, I, I do a year and the rest of it is like content. Do you, yeah. are you at the point where you view creating content as more of a job? Is it something, do you still enjoy doing it? Or is it like, is it, you mentioned like I make clickbait YouTube videos. Is it like, do you feel like, oh, it's yeah. very, do you feel like it's very content mind? Do you still enjoy putting stuff out? Um, I only make videos that I like myself. So like, even if it is clickbait, yeah. I think it's like good. Like, sure, I click people, clickbait people into watching it, but then people stay around because the videos themselves. Yeah, yeah, because the videos are good. And I just, like, take away other people's, like, criticisms of it by just calling it clickbait myself. You know, we're not going to uh, be around the bush and be like, I, I make informative content in a list style <laughs> for people to <laughs> learn more about the history of the game. <laughs> That's fair. It is. It's it's interesting. It is actually super historical. I think on the surface, somebody might be like top ten list. It's like oh whatever. But when you when mm -hmm. you break down a card, you're like, if if it's like why is this card? For example, one of the, I think the series did well. One of my favorite series to watch is like you go through every single band card and why it's on the list, and that's oh like yeah a bunch of here is the history of this card and when it was good and why it is banned. And I also love like what I think a couple of cards you were like, how could we get it off of the ban list? Like, would we need to give it in a row? Yeah. I remember doing that series. It? I hated it. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Was it just, just too the much only reason I did it? Cause I wanted to make a video on the top 10, like best banned cards. Mm -hmm. So I was mm -hmm. going through and looking through all these cards. Like, okay, so why is this card banned? I actually don't know. And there was no information on the internet. Cause Yu-Gi-Oh players don't write anything down. Yes. So or I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to do this myself because no one else has done this before. Like, there were some attempts when I watched those videos too, and they were just like, well, this card was banned probably because of this rumor I heard, and I don't really know, but I'm going to ramble on for five minutes like I do. I'm just like, oh my god, yeah. people don't do research. <laughs> so I'm just like, I just got to do it myself. That's so I, the reason I don't like doing it because like the research is hard because people don't write anything down. People are like, why is this you... card banned? It's like, I have to be like an investigator. And you're like, okay, why was it actually banned? Yeah, you know, I have to look a... through so many past videos and like articles and stuff. Yeah. It was the... a huge nightmare to make. We... I feel like a lot of the like informational side of it has retreated to places where people don't go. So like, like if you want to learn yeah. how to play a deck, sometimes there's a video. And if you're really lucky, you can dig up an article. But it's like they're trapped in like Discord servers where you have to go and find pin messages. Yeah, it's so channels. hard. Like, I remember when I heard about Ikea Labyrinth for the first time. It was, like, a really recent example. Because it was, like, a reel that was created over in the OCG. I was like, oh, I want to see, you know, how the Labyrinths combo off with these. So I looked up a bunch of videos on it, and not one of them explained how it worked. They are just like, here's the cards used in this deck. And they would spend 10 minutes talking about the cards that are in the deck, but not how to use it. It was like, yep. okay, that's the deck. I was like, okay, it says combo. Where's the combo? It was like, okay, so the combo here is you can, like, use the furniture, I guess, to search out Welcome Labyrinth and then pass. This sounds like you really just want your video to be Giant Skyhawk's Fluffle Explainer. He, <laughs> about about once, or, once every six months or so, he puts out a, like, three-hour explainer on how to play Fluffle in its new it stages with, like, a five-card difference in, like, six months ago's oh deck my God. list. But it's, like, a whole new three-hour explainer. Well, that's part of the <laughs> Yeah, that's the one who pet decks Fluffle. Exactly. I, fuck, uh, I, I hecking love, um, whatchamacallit, pet deckers. Like, whenever I'm doing my research and someone whose name is, like, Arcfiend King, and I was like, oh, right. my God, this guy's yes. going to know exactly yeah. why this Arcfiend King. <laughs> I've, I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen them on Twitter, actually. There is actually... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think guy. they are on Twitter. Yeah, or there's also a guy named, like, Medolce, like, Pudding Sesser or something. It's yes. like, oh, my God, this guy does how to do Medolce combos. The Scrap Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I honestly, like, will ignore, you know, deck profiles from, like, bigger content creators just to go to those pet deckers who's, like... You know, if I want to learn, um, like, spirals, I'm going to go to the guy who has quick fix as his profile image. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Well, I mean, that's that's part of the reason that I started putting those out. Um, there's, like, a, there's a couple dino ones and a couple fluffle ones, just because there isn't a lot of that out there for teaching people how to, to do something. And Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I totally get, like, when you pet deck something, you know every, like, in and out of it. Because, like, I pet deck a whole bunch of decks as well that aren't, like, archetypes. So, like, if you ask me about, like, Law of the Normal or, like, Cynet Storm, 
It's like, yeah, I know every single tech that's available to both of those things, <laughs> and all these incredibly niche things. And you're like, why aren't you using these obvious ones? It's like, well, because they don't. So, we gotta we gotta de define pet deck here. I think a lot of people assume that's like archetype. You you're a pet mm -hmm. decker for like the half of the cards in the game that nobody has ever played before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I pet deck really dumb things. You're like, okay, you were playing Law of the Normal Turbo before Dual Avatar even existed. You were like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. People were like, why don't you use Law you know, Dual Avatar? I was like, because that's boring. <laughs> you can't do and anything the afterwards. part is that for someone to say that Dual Avatar is boring... <laughs> Like in a like, lot of players' minds, it's like dual avatar is already like it, it's not the super high end competitive deck. And yeah, nope, nope, too much. It's too boring and competitive. I want something different. No, it's not like competitive. It's just like it does get off the combo well, but it doesn't do anything afterwards. Like there's just like yeah. no setup. Like the cold combo with law of the normal is you get up five level two or lower normal monsters, which can include tokens, and then it destroys all the cards in the field in both players' hands. So like it's a full hand wipe and board wipe and it's like what do you do afterwards it's like right. well dual avatar doesn't have any graveyard effects so like you're just kind of a hand bone after you do it and you also have a bunch of tokens you can't use or anything because the card that brings out five tokens um has an extra effect afterwards which you can use to fusion summon and if you use that then you can't do anything and you also can't summon from the extra deck afterwards so you just have tokens that are gonna get destroyed and literally you just don't have a field afterwards so it's like right. sure you can technically activate the effect but you can't do anything else afterwards What's the what's the prevailing theory then? What's the what's the law of the normal tech? It used to be like you would just play Eldritch with it, and you get a bunch of Eldritch cards in the graveyard, wow. and then just do things from there. Mm -hmm. But like that's boring. <laughs> There's like so many other ways you can just like accomplish it, and then also just push for a game. There's like the Treasure Panda version where you just do that and get out five cards, and then you actually like have combos after you get off law of the normal to win that turn. Sounds and it's insane. like trying to find like the extra deck monsters that can get eight thousand points of damage after you pull it off without having to draw another unsearchable card. And there's also, like, how do you even search out Law of the Normal? And, like, that's itself is just... There's a bunch yeah. of different cards for it. I think... Uh, oh, was it? Treasure Panda is, like, the suspect in all of these decks. <laughs> I think it's, like, Treasure Panda is, like... You know, that's just, like, one option, and it's not the best. It's, uh... it's just, like, you know, that's, that's a combo variant of it that exists, but there's other ways you can do it. I think one of the best ways is just to floodgate your opponent until you slowly build it up. It's just, some, it's just the more consistent one. Because, like, Treasure Panda version can get stopped by a single hand trap. Even the dual avatar one is stopped pretty easily if your opponent's playing any kind of graveyard deck. So it's just... Floodgates are the way to go. <laughs> but, like, even that has its own set of problems, too. Makes sense. So I do want to ask you about kind of your history diving into kind of the depths of Yu-Gi-Oh!'s card pool. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to hear a couple of what you found to be just the most fascinating or even just fun stories that you had trying to build interactions with these cards that most players have never heard of. Was there any one card or something like that, that really you got to it and you're just like, what do I do with this? Yeah. A lot of the normal. That was the one that got me into <laughs> it. <laughs> I still remember. Cause like when I was a kid, I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh! when it first came out like back in 2002. However, after a while, my mom decided that Yu-Gi-Oh cards were of the devil. And then she convinced the rest of the family that it was also of the devil. So they made me throw them away. And because of that, I was like, well, this is stupid. So I'm just going to play it in secret. Because they're obviously, they don't know what they're talking about. And then they forgot about it. And like the next year, they bought me like a Yu-Gi-Oh t-shirt. <laughs> so I was like, they were fine with it. That's but like, um... Yeah, yeah. So I like I was really into it specifically because my family told me I wasn't allowed to play it, which has made me want to play it even more. Of course. But since I couldn't have cards or anything, and I didn't have like video games back then, plus I was like in fifth grade, so I didn't have any means to do anything. I would just look at the cards at the store, like because I had like these magazines that would show like new cards that came out, and you can buy them through the magazine. And I saw one of them was Law of the Normal, and I read it, and I was like, Oh my god, mm -hmm. this card is so cool. And then as soon as I, like, was able to get a Yu-Gi-Oh game, I tried building the deck in there. And then, like, I would just start making a whole bunch of different kinds of decks. Like, I'd play Yu-Gi-Oh 2008, I believe, or 2006 for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Um... And it had, like, a pretty robust card pull in it. And, like, I would 100% the game and, like, do all the challenges and, like, card puzzles and everything. And I'd reset and just do it again. Was 2006? And, like, all of those... 
Was that GX Spirit Caller? Or what am I, no, no, it was like World Championship Tour. Okay. Like you, yeah. all the the gameplay basically involved just fighting five duelists five times, and you go into the next level, and you just do that five times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and there's just like a whole bunch of other duel challenges and stuff too, and like the people they had you go against were using like competitive decks at the time, so like they actually had hard decks to go against, which was a novelty for those games because usually they just had like theme decks. It's like, huh, this guy uses bugs. It's like, no, this guy uses skill drain like beatdown. <laughs> <laughs> like literally one of the intro duelists yeah yeah literally one of the intro duelists to use a skill drain beatdown deck and i'm just like oh my god this is hilarious <laughs> so i, I just like, like played that game for hundreds of hours and like i would just the dual challenges in order to 100 the game you had to like win them through a theme deck and like that's how i got into just building theme decks is because of the other games gotcha so where do you draw some of the inspiration for your list videos because to come up with one every week has so, to take some time we have a trello page that has here i can just take a screenshot and show what you is guys. a trello page so trello is this website for like organizing projects usually okay. they use it for like you know if you guys are doing a group project you just go there for that wow but i use it to organize ideas and so, like, all of my script writers have access to this, and, like, each idea has, like, a monetary value attached to it for how well I think it'll do. So, like, some of them pay more because I think the video's going to do better than others. Just to incentivize them to work on the good videos. But we also yeah. just have, like, every generic idea, too, which are definitely painless if I don't think they'll do well. So we just have, like, hundreds of ideas on here, and each one is organized based on how well I think they'll do, and, like, that's how much they'll get paid if they work on it. Actually, that's kind of a so... simple way to organize this. Mm -hmm. that's that is just that's awesome yeah so when people tell me in the comments like oh dude in this video you're running out of ideas i'm just like <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I, nope i got the whole Listen. tank right here <laughs> yeah yo the listeners at home are not gonna see that page but that is that that's that's a page and a half yeah. that is that is a lot on that on there so that's, oh yeah that's just like a small part of it too because like they'll scroll down for a long time that's another a question too actually so so is it i guess it, especially running this many channels you probably do have a lot of people like working for you or under you is it uh mm -hmm. like how, how uh, you don't have to be specific but like how big is the 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 dual logs under the organization <laughs> i guess um we have about 30 employees I that's a, the... that that, that... That's a cabal. At that point, that's a cabal. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's about 30, give or take. Like, not all of them are full-time. Right. I'd say, like, probably five of them are. But, like, most of them are just a whole bunch of, like, part-time people. Like, all the script writers kind of just do it part-time. That's why I had to hire so many of them. Right. Because so just... we just had, like, one full-time person, then that'd be fine. But a lot of people don't want to do full-time. thinking that that sounds like the coolest thing ever? To be a script writer? Yeah. To, just to have to take the time to research all these things just to like have to deep dive into all these rabbit holes oh to like yeah put yeah this together that sounds yeah. just sounds like the best thing in the world yeah i recently hired a, a couple bunch of new ones and like one of them turned in a video today i had to do like well you said access code talkers on this list but you didn't explain why he's good you're gonna have to go into more detail here like i just went through like a whole bunch of things with like you know you need to do more research on these things yeah that's good and i was just like yeah yeah most of the people i hire are like People who play like competitive events or like YCS tops. Interesting. Wow. But also so we have a guy who's just like super into the anime and we've been doing anime videos have been doing well too. I was just like, ooh, I mean, it's nice to hire people a whole bunch of different kinds of backgrounds in Yu-Gi-Oh. I was going to say that gives you such a broad base too, to have people who just kind of pop in when they want to work on stuff or do have like different mm -hmm. expertise. Like you could have somebody who's topped YCS events on one side and somebody who has watched Yukio GX five times forward and back. Yeah, yeah, because like I don't watch the anime, so like those were always off the table for me. But then he just comes in and is like, here's like all of the best cards that Yugi ever used. And I'm just like Perfect. What if this will do well? Hey, it did really well. <laughs> and I was like, oh cool. That's a good job. Oh, that's awesome. So you have the World of Warcraft channel, which is called what again? Uh Haroma Red X. This has okay. a terrible name. I really wish I could change it. <laughs> You have the dual logs. You have uh -huh. the mana logs. Yeah, MTG. Then there's the dex okay. logs for Pokemon TCG. There's the okay. D&D logs for D&D. I was about to ask if there was going to be a Pokemon one, but I guess there already is. The dex logs. Uh-huh. Yeah, the dex logs. And then there's uh, the last one, which is the clip channel. 
I think okay. that's all six. The D and D one in the clip channel. So mm-hmm. unless I'm forgetting about no, I think that's all of them. Okay. Yeah, I love. I love Have that you that's had the any thoughts about adding? Yeah. Have you had any thoughts about adding channels? Um, I do want to add more channels. However, the budget doesn't allow for that at the moment. Because, like, that goes into, like, how I lost all my money for the World Legacy Project was by starting the Magic and Pokemon channel at the same time. And also, oh, because I had a Hearthstone channel for a bit. I almost forgot about that. Which ultimately is on, like, indefinite hiatus just because of the back-end problems with that. Right. Right. So, like, I lost a bunch of money on that because it's very expensive to hire a bunch of people to work on these things. And yeah. the Pokemon channel had a bunch of problems in the back end too. Like we had to fire one of the script writers for like plagiarism. You have to and pull, just like you have to pull some, especially to start a channel from the ground up too. Like it's not like you don't have experience with that, but if especially yeah. to have it at the same production quality as something that's doing mm-hmm. it that high, you want to like hit the ground running. But then if it doesn't take off, it's definitely a risk. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, like it, the channels were doing well at first. It's just like. There's so much communication problems, and there was like some personal problems I had too, which made it, I couldn't like micromanage as well as I wanted to. Right. And it's just like a whole bunch of things that we're still working on like fixing. Like I needed to hire more scriptwriters for a long time, and I barely started like a week ago, just because there's just so much to do. Yeah. Right. Speaking of, uh, I guess <laughs> with the the full organization, how do you? I think a lot of people see just like the sheer amount of content you upload. And obviously, mm-hmm. like now they have the context that you've got lots of people who work for you. But how, yeah. do you, how do you manage your time as somebody who puts out that much content, comes up with ideas, and, and builds everything And up? streams. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah, the streams are such a... Uh, I use... So I have like a couple of things I use to manage my time. So one of them, I just like keep track of my time in like this program called Toggle Tracker. So I can just like keep an accurate time of like how much time I'm wasting or like how much time I'm actually using every day. And then I also have a thing called um, Todoist, which reminds me of like things that I have to do like frequently. Like it's telling me today is like you need to go to your therapy appointment. You need to put out your trash today. But there's also like some other stuff is like, you know, it's your stream day or you have to do this one thing you need to do once a month. So it just gives me reminders on that. And then for the day-to-day thing, I have like a Trello for that. Here, I can send you guys a screenshot of that just to keep it a little bit more organized. Yeah. And then I just have them like put in like how much time I think it'll take and like what kind of priority I think that thing should have. And like streams are very low priority. So it's like, you know, it takes four hours and it's a very low priorities because it's just not super streams don't make as much money as just like making videos right yeah because that's especially... it's more of a like a noticeability and networking thing yeah yeah it's it's all for just like no networking and stuff the thing is like when i was taking it seriously for a bit like the whole stream shebang was making like ten thousand a month so i was like that's not half bad but it's not as much as the other stuff still even with that not wow. only it, it doesn't make anywhere near as much as that twitch is also like uh it's like uh extra cut from the subs where where youtube wouldn't or it's also like probably more volatile than than views i guess um it oh my god streaming is it'd be a nightmare to be a full-time streamer because you're so reliant on like the the kindness of your audience and also you're super reliant on just having some of your fans with big pockets because a lot of streamers make a majority of their money through just like a handful of super fans yep you just have large pockets just a couple of people who want to be on the top of that donor list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a couple of people. Like, I know this, like, really um, small, like, uh, VTuber who just started, like, a couple of months ago. And she has one fan who will regularly go into their chat and just donate, like, two to five hundred gifted subs a day. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I've never seen someone with a, you know, a what, super what, fan what, with those deep pockets. <laughs> and it's just one dude. And so actual... like that one guy is probably like you know paying her rent and everything. Wow, that's crazy that one Saudi yeah. prince can just really enjoy a VTuber and just do. <laughs> oh that. yeah, for sure. But yeah, but in my case, like when I started, I specifically would tell my fans not to give me anything because I don't need your money. And that just yeah. made them want to give it even more. But like it still wasn't that much. The yeah. the main way I made money was basically through like the clip channel itself. 
which was making like 5,000 by itself, and then the stream itself would make the other amount. Yeah, it's, it seems like a lot of people have to like build an audience on Twitch, go to YouTube to... Like well, the thing is, yeah, if you want to have a successful stream, you have to do more than just stream, which is like sacrilege if you try to tell a streamer that. Because like, you want to grow yeah. your stream? You should post clips. And they're like, but I don't want to. That takes time and effort. I don't know how to do it. And just like, well, learn. It's like, but I don't want to. I have a full-time job. I can't do it. And it's like, okay, they're not going to grow. Them. Yeah. I, I feel like streaming has like really high highs where you see those streamers that are making like like crazy money. Yeah. And but YouTube has this just like baseline stability that you're just, you just, you can take a week off and just be fine. Mm -hmm. You really can. Like my World of Warcraft channel had so much problems with like just getting my editors to finish their videos. So like we were going like months without an upload and it was still making like a couple thousand to like up to 5,000 a month. Wow. And I was just like, you know. Is that just all AdSense? Yeah, because like the channel just has so much because I focus specifically on evergreen videos. It's so, like the channels yeah. just never stop getting views. But you do have to keep it up with new videos because YouTube doesn't want to recommend a dead channel. So like yeah. you just basically have to upload so that YouTube will keep recommending your old videos that are doing the best. So yeah. do you have any preference for something that you really enjoy working on the most? Do you have one channel maybe that's more of a passion project than the others or has that kind mm. of become dual logs and you just kind of go all in on that? No, that it changes based on like my mood of the day. Yeah. So, sometimes I'm really into the Yu-Gi-Oh channel. Sometimes I'm really into WoW channel. Sometimes I'm really into the D&D channel. But like, I don't know as much about magic or Pokemon. So like, I feel like those ones kind of suffer because I don't really know as much about it. But the magic channel is like my third most successful channel. So it's not like it's doing bad. And the Pokemon channel is only doing bad because of a whole bunch of just like, you know, stuff in the background, just like development hell. Not anything with like the passion in the project. Because we just hired a new Pokemon scriptwriter and he's really good. Yeah. And like our Pokemon editor really loves working on only Pokemon videos and nothing else. <laughs> but for me specifically, the thing I like to do most is editing, which is annoying because the thing I have to do the most is record audio, which is why my throat yeah. always hurts. That's yeah. fair. When you got to be narrating every single video, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you? What do you? That's why I really want an AI program that can copy my voice, like and stuff. Yeah, but doing stuff for uh, <laughs> this channel, I've been I've been using Premiere and I've used DaVinci in the past. What do you use to edit? Me, uh, I use Audacity for the voice stuff, because Audacity has this really neat feature called like truncate silence, which goes through and removes all little instances of yep. dead air, so you don't have to do any editing. Yep. Like as soon as I'm done recording, I just like put in three effects, background removal, compressor to like, you know, normalize the audio and then truncate silence and I'm done. What uh, what do you use for video editing? <clears throat> video editing, um, After Effects and Sony Vegas. Are you in Vegas? Okay, cool. Yeah, 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 Sony Vegas. I've been, I download a bunch of like free programs so that I can like see how they work, but I haven't really experimented with them as, as much. That makes sense. I haven't actually tried Vegas. What is, is there a reason that you got drawn to it or is it just, that's what you said? Oh yeah, Vegas? is like if you're gonna go for like one of the big video editors it is the most user-friendly for just like getting basic edits because like if you use premiere pro which also works they'll have you like do i don't know like three steps to do a simple edit where in sony vegas it's one step and like those little steps just really add up over time so you can just edit faster in vegas i might have to think about i've that. i'm not too far down the rabbit hole in, in premiere pro yet maybe i'll have to think about switching <laughs> yeah i highly recommend vegas especially if you can get it for sale like on a humble bundle Okay, I'll keep an eye out on the Humble Store. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. I've considered dipping my toes into editing several times. And while it's always really interesting to me, mm -hmm. uh, there is such a depth of knowledge that you almost need to have before you even start editing that it really scares me. And my oh, yeah. schedule is already absurd. And I'm mm -hmm. already, my attention span due to my ADD is not always there. Yeah, um, it's like you know. Yes, I could learn this thing, or I could delegate this to Skyhawk, and I can work on something that I already know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> Funny Ooh. thing is, for my editors, um, that's like the only position where I don't require any experience because really? editing is so easy. We can literally just teach our editors in house how to do things. 
And in fact, I kind of prefer the people who don't know how to edit because they're so much easier to teach how to do my style specifically. Because wow. when I bring in people who do have prior editing experience, they try to do their own thing. And it's just yeah. like, no, just just do what I'm You're telling right. you to do. Stop trying to like, you know, and reinvent the wheel here. You get to yeah. you get to work with a blank canvas there and you don't pick up. Yeah, a blank canvas is so much easier because like the editing we do isn't um hard to do. It's just time consuming. Yeah. So like yeah. I prefer people who have like no experience with editing but do have experience working hard at something. Which kind of makes it hard to find editors sometimes because once they learn how to do editing, they find out, oh, this is awful. So they quit. Once you, uh, <laughs> like, like because really, I guess for your stuff, it's like backgrounds, how to move a card in and out of a frame. Yeah, yeah, the backgrounds, the cards, and the text. The thing is, the text itself is what really takes forever. That's why yeah. if you ever see someone who's brand new to editing or like just Yu-Gi-Oh! videos specifically, you'll see them do it. They'll have the backgrounds, they'll have the cards, but they won't have text. And the reason for that is because adding text takes forever. Right, because that's like that takes like half the time, like type, if not more. Typing it out, making sure the font is good, making sure it looks good. Yeah, <laughs> even if you have a preset for all that, it just takes forever. Making sure that because you get you got to line it up exactly. You don't want to have it if like with a box, you have to like resize everything if you want it to look exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For editors, are basically paying them just to add text to <laughs> because all the other stuff is like, really easy. Amazing. That's the that's the production that's so quality funny. level we're at. That's yeah. That's why like editing is is very easy. It's like the easiest thing in the world that's why i'm always so like um trying to get my fellow streamer friends who i met in this past year who are lovely people who have great personalities and stuff who are allergic to editing because they think it's hard i'm just like no it's so ridiculously easy that's like that's why i downloaded some like free programs is like i just want to see the best way to ease them into this incredibly easy thing that grows your career way more than just streaming every day yeah makes sense We've been doing the podcast for two and a half years now, and it took us a year and some change of that to put video on it because of the intimidation level of editing. And even then, when yeah. we did it, we just we just got a high school friend that knew how to edit professionally to do it for us. Well, oh my god, that's it's what, so easy. <laughs> I've been I've been I've been in the tank. I was like like I was somebody who was definitely scared. That, like, I'd, I'd messed around. With, that was like, before Skyhawk was on the podcast. Yeah, to be I, fair. So like I uh, like I'd messed around in iMovie as a kid. Like you like you'd, you write mm -hmm. into stuff. I used to make stuff all the time for school projects. So it wasn't like it was a huge dive for me. And I still have tons to learn. Like the stuff that I do for the pod is super super basic and and silly. Yeah. But I'm I'm more from I come more from an audio editing perspective. So. It's fun to hear you mm -hmm. mention. It's fun to hear you mention truncate silence and audacity, because I yeah <laughs> like yeah. The of... thing is, like, when, if you're going to be a content creator on YouTube, you have to know how to do everything. Yeah, it really... so like you know, you have to know a sound editing, you have to know video editing, you have to know like graphic design, you have to know marketing. That's why it's so the hard sound... to succeed. Like, if you see people yeah. who are really talented at one thing and they don't succeed, it's because they probably like aren't good at marketing themselves, or they have like terrible sound editing, or they don't know how to edit, or they don't know how to do you know graphic design. Yep. So, like, you really yeah. have to know so many different things. That's why it's such, like, a high barrier to entry, even though it seems like there's a very low barrier. It's it's a low that's barrier why I'm able to, to like, be, like, a small space. If your goal is to go full-time, it's a really high barrier. Yeah, yeah, it's a really high yeah. barrier just because you have to know so many different skills. Like, most streamers don't know how to edit, and, like, that's one of the most basic skills you need to know because you have to edit your own clips. Because we just save so much money, and it doesn't really take that much time. Yeah. Having two people on the pod is nice, too, because I can do, like, the video editing. I can do the audio side of things. I cannot make a good thumbnail yeah. to save my life. So that's yeah, why, thumbnails and like, that's, why, that's that's so and like yeah, you have to make a good title and thumbnail because like when it comes to a YouTube video, the things that you know make it succeed are like that's video what, content, title, and thumbnail. That's what you're like, well, I have a good video. It's like, well, your thumbnail sucks, and like your title is, you won't believe what happened. Just like, okay, that's not gonna sell the video. That's a terrible title. Oh like, no. I should go look at the views on our last video. <laughs> like I, you just described our thumbnail. Yes, I've created I like um. You. I told you. I have, a, I have an internal like video that I send to like my content creator friends. It's like here's how to make proper I, titles. And because sometimes they'll the thing is a lot of mistakes that new people make because like creating a proper title is like a skill as well. So like it's easy to make that one mis a mistake with that specifically because a lot of big content creators have terrible titles and they think oh they do that. And they're big, so they I must be big because of their terrible titles. But it's like, no, actually, they have terrible titles because they can get away with it because they're already big. Because they're already huge. So as soon as, yeah. as, soon as, as, soon as <laughs> you shouldn't you look at them as like an example. Yeah. As soon as Sometimes they have terrible it. thumbnails too. As soon as or you... another thing I see with people who make a mistake with thumbnails is they'll look what everybody else is doing and then try to copy it. So that way their thumbnails just fit in with the crowd. So, like, one of the first things I do when I look at other, like, start going to a new um, 
like a new territories. I look at everyone else's thumbnails. I was like, okay, how can I do this different? That way I stand out from everyone else in like, you know, the recommended tab. So some of the time I don't have to yeah. change much. Cause like, cause what I do is already different from everyone else. But I see everybody else is trying to copy like the big content creators. Like, oh, they have really nice looking thumbnails with this font. I'm going to copy that exact font and the exact style they do it. And then it just like blends in with everything. That's actually yeah. such an interesting insight too. So if somebody gets recommended, say you're going back into the Hearthstone space, you're making a Pokemon video, somebody gets recommended mm-hmm. eight Pokemon videos, you're like, how do I get them to pick my video out of the eight? And it's like, well, if it looks different from the other seven, then that's... Yeah, that's basically that's it. That's why it's like impossible to make a video on how to make proper thumbnails because like, well, you have to do market research. <laughs> oh, and then right. you have to know graphic design. <laughs> so it's just like, yep. learn how to market research and learn how to do graphic design. And then, you know, do something different from everyone else. And sometimes yeah, and different guess... doesn't mean like super like fancy. Sometimes you have to go like super basic because people like basic thumbnails. Yeah, I guess part of it for me was learning everything basically on the fly. And yeah. just self-teaching myself everything and just having like learn from my own errors. Which yeah, I that's why I like... necessarily learn from all of my own errors, but you know. Yeah, because the, there's so much you have to know when you want to get into like content creation that if you do know everything already you have such a huge advantage over everyone else because i was like already successful in the world of warcraft side before i started making the edited videos in the Yu-Gi-Oh one and when i finally applied the exact same methods i used over there to the Yu-Gi-Oh scene it like blew up and that's because the Yu-Gi-Oh scene um you know that we have lots of lovely content creators over here but most of them are allergic to editing (laughs) yep yeah (laughs) or like market research they just kind of do whatever. I think that this. Oh, is it actually... was it was like you know, you know, shooting fish in a barrel almost. It was like, yep. it was <laughs> much easier because think... the World of Warcraft scene is so cutthroat and hardcore. Like I remember when there was a huge controversy with Blizzard and like World of Warcraft, and a lot of the World of Warcraft people moved over to Final Fantasy. There was like a thread on Reddit where like you know the best thing that ever happened to our community was the World of Warcraft content creators coming over here because now we have good videos. Because like yeah. there was just they were the competition was fierce over there. And they're going over to the Yu-Gi-Oh scene where no one knows how to edit. It was so easy. <laughs> yeah, it's improved a little bit over the last chunk of time, but I, uh, I mod for MBT. I've been, I've been around that channel since he was like one case. Mm-hmm. I was back playing Trinity format. And yeah, part of like, part of his blow up was just that there was almost nobody in the scene doing anything like, uh, yeah, there's like the, and even his thumbnails, he's like, he admitted himself are like not, <laughs> were not great at the time. But like it, it's it's yeah. there was just there was nobody making like super high production value content. So like in that like like five issues ago space with like you and then like Nim Nim doing the the vlog series sealed only, mm-hmm. and uh, then Simo finally being like okay we're doing proc now we're like we're trying to like actually build like an audience here. That yeah, it slowly started to shift, but we're still so far behind a ton of other communities. We are yeah, like I remember one of the things that I learned about the Yu-Gi-Oh community compared to the WoW one was one time a really popular Yu-Gi-Oh content creator. I'm not going to say who it was, but he made like a Twitter post. He's like, Hey, smaller Yu-Gi-Oh content creators. I want to see your channels, post them down below. So like there was a hundred people who posted their, their Yu-Gi-Oh channels down below. And I was like, Oh, I would regularly like every week have on my schedule to look for a new world work content creators. And I would go through all the new channels and they had like, you know, really decent videos for like brand new people. And like, that's how I met some of my editors in the past. Or just by watching brand new people. So I was like, oh, I want to see the Yu-Gi-Oh side. How are their brand new videos? And I looked through all hundred channels that were posted and they were all garbage. Like I didn't find a single good one. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what is, I want to see a diamond in the rough. There's like, this oh, guy wow. was like a webcam video. He's like, hey guys, here's my deck profile on, I don't know, Sky, Sky Blasters. So um, I use three cards. You know, some people use two. I use three. I'm not going to explain why though. Also, my fan is on. It's, it's making really bad noise. Just ignore that. Hey, mom. No, I want chicken nuggets tonight. Okay, guys. I'm not going to edit that out. Anyways, there's my deck profile. There's like so many more just deck profiles with no editing. Or like their own progression series where they start the video with the first 30 minutes of them bantering. So many of those. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, hey, guys, this is my friend. He's he's crazy. Pete, you guys all know him, right? It's like, no, this is your episode one. Who, who's, who's this guy? They're like, oh, we're going to talk for 30 minutes. Before we like open packs very slowly and not edit anything out. And then we'll start dueling and in the two hour mark. And I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. It's like this this they're 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 having fun. 
the very least. <laughs> I think that there is there was a lot of damage done from there being this time in Yu-Gi-Oh's history where up until like like 2014 there just wasn't a, a channel that made decent Yu-Gi-Oh content it no. just we have didn't like exist galactic god maybe I think Galactic God was the highest quality Yu-Gi-Oh content creator back then. At the time. But his standards compared to what we do nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I remember ones. watching entire channels that would just do nothing but just like just like talk about random things while going through their bulk and that was like considered a Yu-Gi-Oh channel. Yeah. At the time. It was um, so low effort. Yeah. Simo uh Simo Tech Tuesday. That's the genesis. <laughs> the birth. <laughs> yeah, like, even my videos are low effort, but, like, they were just, um, I was doing it for fun. I wasn't trying to put effort into it. Yep. So we are kind of on the wrap-up here, but before we do, I have one last question, which mm -hmm. is the videos on your channel that I have received, probably the most, the most personal enjoyment from are the... Eight hours of Yu-Gi-Oh! Facts to Fall Asleep 2 and the 12 hours of Yu-Gi-Oh! Facts to Fall Asleep 2. <laughs> and I gotta ask, what made you want to put those out there? Was it just was like, hey, I can get a ton of really easy watch hours like this? You know, it's like, um, so over on my World of Warcraft channel, we had these series where like we partnered with a smaller content creator to make these really big lore videos where he was summarizing one of the WoW books. And I was like, these are excellent however lore is very hard to market because nobody wants to watch it right however i'm willing to pay you in order to put this on my channel like the compilation video which is like four hours mm -hmm. long and it's like because i think this is very high quality even though it's really hard to market and i'll just give you like half the revenue as well on top of like a down payment and they're like okay so we put it on my channel and the video was like my highest earner for like that month even though the views weren't even that good and I was just like, oh, maybe there's something here with like very high quality, big, long videos. So we had another one and it was also like the second highest earner. So we're on the Yu-Gi-Oh! channel. I was like, well, I do want to do a compilation of all the banned videos. And I know these long ones do it over here. So let me just try it over here. And I did the, the compilation of all the banned cards and it did very well. And it's always like one of, consistently one of my highest earners because YouTube loves watch time. And it's really yeah. hard to get people to watch really long videos on YouTube unless they're Trust really high now. quality. Trust so like basically just, <laughs> yeah. So if it's a compilation video of a whole bunch of other high quality, um, highly edited videos, um, YouTube loves it and will promote it like crazy. And also you just yeah. get paid more through YouTube premium because they pay you based on like watch time. So like, you know, half of my yeah. YouTube premium revenue comes from those long videos. And then That's I also crazy because I have YouTube Premium and I will let them go all night long. Yeah, yeah. Even if you if you like <laughs> offline download the video, it'll count as like a full view. So like they'll pay you for that. Oh, That's done. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm downloading so like, everything instantly. Yeah, yeah. So like offline downloads count as like a full view of like the entire video. So if you offline download like a, an eight hour video, you get like an eight hour watch time on that. But also, I saw like Did You Know Gaming post a video like one hour of Mario Facts to Fall Asleep to, and I was like, That's it. That's it. <laughs> like, I'm already doing the compilation go. videos. Either. We can, we can. So I grabbed the video and I was just like, I'm just gonna take this and I'm just gonna make a couple of adjustments to the video. You know, that way it's not just a compilation. We can. And I put it out and it did really well. I did a second one and this time I added a whole bunch of bonus content. That way, it seems like it's more worth it to watch it if you already watch all the videos. Yeah. So and we, it's just been doing super well. We can game watch time and we can get the ASMR crowd to show up. Awesome. Let's exactly. Go. Yeah, yeah. Because they already tell me like. You know, I get like a comment every day on streams like, I use your videos to fall asleep to. And then I saw like the compilation videos doing well. And then the fall asleep to video compilation. I'm just like, oh my God, this is the match made in heaven. And it's funny because I think so many creators would see that comment and be like, come on, dude, really? Just like watch the videos. Like don't fall asleep. But I, <laughs> I like how you're just like, wait a minute. That's watching. There's an untapped, there's an untapped well of free money here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, Ooh, you watching to fall asleep too. That means the video keeps playing while you fall asleep. That's all YouTube cares about. That's so that's so awesome. Sorry, yeah. so Skyhawk, we're gonna start doing season long uh videos. <laughs> videos of the entire season compiled. Oh, right. YouTube has a twelve hour limit on oh, videos. Wow. All right, half seasons. I found that out <laughs> in my last video. 
like this I remember the used I remember to have a that limit, post was like 12 it. hours and 7 minutes or something. Yeah, it was 12 hours and like 12 minutes and they're like we have a we used to have videos over 12 hours, but we don't do that anymore. I'm just like god Oof. dang it. Well, I do want to go ahead and get on into our Patreon names here because this is as I said the end of the episode unfortunately, but I want to hear your feedback on some of these patron names cuz some of them are absurd. Mm-hmm. And not all of them make sense, but I you feel free to stop me at any moment if one just really gets you and you got to take a second. Okay, I'm curious. Okay. So, we'll start at the top of course. So, a huge thank you to Bring Red Reboot Back to 3. Oh god. Kane yeah. Martin, Zyphorus, Big Stinky, Blue Eyes is Best, Copium. Branded in Chanel number five. That's good. I like that one. That's a good one. Broken Boy 13. Ding Dong's Hostess of the Yang Zing. Yep. Ding Dong's Gold Secrets coming back when, Konami? <laughs> Please. That's a new one. <laughs> That's, That's a new, new one. one. That's a new one. I, I Wait, like what's it. Gold Secrets? Uh, gold Secret Rares? It's like the old, uh, it's the old the premium gold. Uh, so if you think like yeah, yeah. some of the some of the Burning Abyss monsters have been printed in that rarity, Beatrice. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yep. Oh, Beatrice. Yeah. Uh, HGH Cyber. I used to play Rogue, but then my mom got a job. That's Is cool. Canada Nickelback? John Leal, Mountain Man, Nibiru, Cool Chain Misk, Oatmeal Spaghetti. Only two thrusts. Sorry, it's all I had. <laughs> Owen Alvarado, Pistol Plays Pendulums, Silver Hope, Unbanned Number Ninety Five, Konami. Understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World. As anyone read Toy Vendor, it's kind of like reading Miscars. Aaron Gardner, Alexander Chan, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Atsuyo, Simp of the Silver Castle, Blackwing Silver when the Ascendant is the best floodgate, Box Wine, Come oh, On God. and Get Your Game On, Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior. I'm about to wreak a glamour tribute for Costi's plant nuts in your mouth. Yeah, every time. I say, every time. <laughs> Cam, the anti-magical hats guy. L- listen, Cam. <laughs> last week, Cam was the super... Uh, last week, Cam was the uh, Shadow Wizard Money Gang executive. No, that was uh, two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago. Then the week before, he was the super mega hyper uh, D-shifter hater. And now he's... The, that was last week. Uh, now he's the magical... And then three weeks ago, it was uh, Sakitama, Aritama, Nikitama, Cam, Obama. Very good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Cam is a personal friend of mine. He changes his name every week because he thinks it's funny. And also, um, the reason he's the anti-Magical Hats guy is because I was using Magical Hats in Edison to set gear towns. And, oh, my God. Classic play. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he would he attacked into my gear town with blowing Soroka the Dawn. And it's like, well, what happens? Because <laughs> Soroka the Dawn destroyed a monster by battle and sent it to the graveyard. But the issue is when it hit the graveyard, now it's a spell card, not a monster. So does Soroka check on the field or does Soroka check in the grave? And it's like, it became a whole question that we didn't have the answer to. So we had to go to a judge at a regional. Uh, Neshi, Old Man Red, pin code 143 and slaking it up. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. Now, before we go, obviously, I want to thank Mr. Log for being here with us today and also... Let the people know where they can find your stuff. Obviously, yeah. all the channels we've mentioned, but, you know. <laughs> so you can find me over on the Manalogs at themanalogs.com slash YouTube. And there's also the <laughs> Duologs, Duologs. And I think it's just those two channels. Those are the, the most viewed ones, anyway. Absolutely. So then you can find all the channels from there. Yep, for sure. It'll probably be in the like associated channels tab on the page yeah 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 the associated channels at the bottom of the page yeah so with that said thank you all so much for tuning into today's episode and of course until next time have a great weekend everyone uh card pun uh i have regained a newfound respect for content creators how's that Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.